Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, May 15th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. If you're a mother, hope you were honored and adored appropriately yesterday. Mother's Day, often the day with the lowest crime rate of the year. Every day should be Mother's Day. Wait, is it true your daughter made you watch Cocaine Bear as your Mother's Day present? (laughs) She didn't make me. She offered it as a suggestion, and I went with it. And let me tell you something. That movie is traumatizing. There were limbs and blood and stuff flying everywhere. This is a real thing. Your daughter was like, hey, Mom, thanks for birthing me. Why don't we watch some Cocaine Bear together? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, there is uh, obviously the bear and the cocaine in the movie, but there's also an underlying story where the mother has to go find her daughter. So that's that's what she hung her hat on, saying it's it's about a mom and daughter. Well, you hear that, mom, no matter how underwhelming your Mother's Day might have been. At least I didn't make you watch Cocaine Bear. Did you celebrate Mother's Day? I did. I uh, We made food for my mother mm-hmm. and uh, of course my wife is now a mother. Well that's and... what I'm wondering. Did you buy her Mother's Day present? Oh, no, she's she's no. a mom to be no, mother. No she doesn't. You know my wife. She doesn't like stuff. That's why she's perfect for me. Okay. She has zero expectations. No flowers? My, nothing? My wife expects so little stuff. No I wrote my wife a little note Yeah. And that I gave to her at the start of Mother's Day. She doesn't even like cards. So mm-hmm. I said, since you don't like cards, here's a heartfelt note. My, Here's when I knew my wife and I were going to be just happy together forever. When we decided to get married, she asked if it would be okay if instead of me buying her an expensive ring... She just used her grandmother's ring. Perfect. And I said, well, there's nothing better than paying tribute to those who have made it possible for us to be here today. Mm-hmm. Hot dang, let's go. Let's do this. Okay. Five dollars to get that ring clean. That's what I'm in that's on this. What uh, that's what I'm in she on this. She didn't marriage. have to get it resized. No, or anything? no, it was ended up working out perfect and uh it just fit fit just like a glove and uh well. The rest is That's history. when I knew. Yes, you guys are a match made in heaven. Well, baby Kendall is trending. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Wow. Coming up in trending stories. How exciting. Okay. But first, I nearly wore cowboy boots in honor of Ron DeSantis today. He was all over the great state of Iowa. Donald Trump was supposed to be there, but due to a tornado, Donald Trump never made it there. Yeah, so Trump had some big outside event, which obviously, if there is a threat of a tornado, you're probably, although knowing Trump, he might have been like, screw it, we'll just do it anyway. Throw caution to just, literal wind. People put some umbrellas up, it'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, I think he was told that would be a bad idea. He did not have his event. And so Ron DeSantis, with an indoor event, did, I mean, look, I kind of consider this the opening salvo of what is now it appears going to be uh, a presidential primary. uh, Apparently the clock is now about to begin. There was a report that DeSantis is about to move his staff into a much bigger office on the campaign side, which the cost of that will trigger mandatory filing with the Federal Election Commission um, in regards to the there's a certain expenditure level. He will exceed that. And so he basically will have 15 days 
if indeed he ultimately pulls the trigger on that today to file that paperwork and go. So we're inside of some sort of window. First of June was always the likely mm-hmm. go date. But the weekend was kind of the opening salvo because you're in Iowa. Yeah. And the polling don't mean nothing. The only poll that matters is the poll on Election Day in Iowa because that, as we've seen many times, can totally alter the state of the entire race. And yeah. so he was there. I wanted to play some audio, if that was okay, because I thought there were kind of three three clips that I think kind of went through what DeSantis' case is going to be. And let's, let's just start with kind of a high level, hi, I'm Ron DeSantis, I'm great. Yeah. If the Democrats are able to win, uh, if they are able to sweep the House and the Senate and win the White House again, uh, they are going to try to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. They are going to try to abolish the Electoral College. They're going to try to make Washington, D.C. a state, and they are going to try to eliminate voter ID in every state in this country and mandate ballot harvesting in every state in this country. And that's not an agenda that's speaking to people's kitchen table concerns. That's an agenda that's seeking to make the conservative half of the country second-class citizens. So the stakes are high, and at the end of the day, there is no substitute for victory. Uh, The time for excuses is over. If you do not win, then you do not have the ability to get any of the changes done that we need to to save our country okay so what is very clear in this speech that he gave and i think it's going to be the talking points and maybe he listens to this show he should (laughs) Um, there's some people who work here who would say that and actually believe that of course i'm kidding uh but we have talked for months about how the case has to be i've done a b and c Mm -hmm. and this other guy is unelectable. Well, Trump got us in the right direction, but now DeSantis can keep it going. Well, and, and you will hear, as we're going to play a little bit, several clips from this speech that he gave, he delicately touches on mm-hmm. how, what is at stake if you lose? And then the, remi- and so you have to remind people, as he kind of did right there, and then we're going to play another clip here in a moment where he does that again, but he is making the case that the guy, the other guy, the guy in front, the front runner, whatever you want to call him, has had multiple opportunities now to deliver for you, and he has not delivered, and his candidates have not delivered, and if you lose, so I thought he did a really good job of kind of laying all of this out very delicately to remind people, look, this dude has had multiple opportunities here, and he hadn't been able to do it, and look at the condition of the country, Mm -hmm. and do you want to risk that again? Do you want to go through that again do you want to put it in the hands the future of our nation because we all should be able to agree we cannot afford four more years of biden well and he made that point right if democrats get in power again they're just going to abuse it yeah and so before we get to that though he made an excellent point about again i I i'm now more convinced than ever that ron DeSantis wakes up every morning and at 9 a.m Boom. Via the YouTube. Maybe he's one of these people in the YouTube chat. Maybe he's just streaming via the WIBC.com website. But he's saying the same. He is saying the same things that we've been saying. And, And he talks here about the founding fathers and freedom. And I thought this was really, really, really good because he said, look, government doesn't happen in a vacuum. We create the government, right? Mm-hmm. He talks mm-hmm. about the founders and, and the freedom and the things that they wanted and the things they envisioned. But we create this. We allow this. I thought this clip was really good. 
You know, our founding fathers understood the fragility of freedom. When they went to frame the Constitution in Philadelphia, they had studied the history of every republic and the history of mankind because they wanted to draw lessons to inform their understanding so that they could try to create a great Constitution for this new nation. And they noticed that there was really only one thing that all these republics had in common, and it was this. Every single one of them had failed. And so they believed that it fell to the United States of America to determine once and for all, can people really govern themselves? Can you have a society based on the idea that our rights come from our creator, not from our government? Can you have a country based on the idea of the rule of law, not the rule of individual men? Or was mankind forever destined to live under various forms of despotism? And they firmly believe that this country would be the one that would ultimately answer that question. But they also understood they could make the best constitution in the world. They could talk about having the best declaration of independence in the world. None of that stuff runs on autopilot. They understood that each generation of Americans would be called upon to defend freedom uh, and defend our way of life. Inspiring and motivating, sounds presidential, offers a way forward. And like he said, governing is not entertaining. You're not building a brand or talking on social media or virtue signaling. He sounded like how you want your president to sound. Yeah, who is, so the, the, you know, the whole thing on DeSantis, because there's not much to hit him on, because he's been a heck of a governor. You saw it firsthand. You mm-hmm. lived there. You've lived here. It's not even your, you know, your description, not even Not close. even close. And so the the hit on DeSantis is, well, he's a secret establishment tool. He's a, <laughs> he's a puppet of Jeb Bush and Paul Ryan. Uh, he's, he's in bed with, secretly with George Soros. Mm. You, the more people hear him and hear that, I challenge anyone to go, that's a puppet, that's a, you know, a puppet of George Soros, or that you're going to hear anything like this coming from Jeb Bush or Paul Ryan. This is why people, Trump is so far ahead. DeSantis might as well not even run. He's, he's, to steal a phrase from our YouTube chat last week. He's digging his own grave for having the audacity to even challenge Donald Trump. People are going to hear that and they're going to be exposed to that and they're going to go, this guy is great. Yeah. Well, once he really gets officially in the race, they're going to hear more and more of him. Yeah. And so we close here with the reminder and and he's very good at this, the way he weaves through this speech, but the close is he's he's reminding everybody what's at stake. This election should be a referendum on Biden and us offering alternatives to Biden, but it can't be the referendum on Biden and the alternatives if the candidate in question is a colossal distraction. He doesn't say the name. We all know who and what he's talking about. He tiptoes around it so beautifully, doesn't he? Yeah, I thought this was very well done. I think if we make this election about a referendum on Joe Biden and his failed policies and we provide a positive alternative to take America in the new direction, I think Republicans will win across the board. If we... If the election's about anything else... It's about distractions, side issues, all these other things. If we allow Biden to just sit in his basement again and not have to be held accountable, well, then I think the Democrats are likely uh, to seize that power that we know they will abuse. So the the stakes are very high. Uh, and I can tell you this. Uh, we're proud of what we've done in Florida. We're proud of what you have done in Iowa. But I have only begun to fight. Hey.
There we go. He's got to be a younger, smarter version of Trump. And I think he's showing that that's what he plans to be. Yeah, I thought this was really good. If this is a preview of his campaign, he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, you got to give the guy, let's look at the polling two weeks after his announcement. Yeah. Let's start looking then. And if Trump's still up, hey, 10, 15 points, then it's going to be hard for DeSantis. But I think that gap is going to close pretty quick. People are going to see this guy and they're going to say, why, why would we want all of this needless drama when we can get better policies with a person who's actually governed better. Yep. It's 18 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up, why is baby Kendall trending? We'll let you know from 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, trending this morning, Indianapolis. This, according to Forbes, Indianapolis has made the list for the top 25 best places to retire. So they came up with this list. Yes. They compared over 800 cities and Indianapolis on the list. And let me tell you, they give pros and cons. The pros, good ratio of doctors per capita, somewhat bikeable, good climate. Big culture and sports scene. No state income tax on social security income. Uh No state estate inheritance tax and relatively moderate FEMA natural hazard risk. Okay, now these are the cons that is listed by Forbes. Serious crime rate above (laughs) national average. Not very walkable. Borderline air quality and county voted Democratic in 2020 presidential election. (laughs) Last time Indianapolis was on this Forbes list was in 2011. uh, Okay, so here's what I think the Forbes people should do. So uh, Friday, I went after we got off the air and had lunch with our our good buddy, Officer Brad. Yeah. Uh, We love Officer Brad. He brings us donuts. Oh, he's great. And uh, so it had been a while since I had walked to... uh, a local establishment somewhat close to where our radio station is. And I mean, it is like something out of a Charles Dickens novel. I mean, the depressing just there's like a malaise over this whole city and this is the heart of the city yeah like i mean it's dirty it smelled like pee for half of the trip Ew. i mean you you go out of your way to avoid every person walking towards you because you're not sure if they're gonna hassle you for money or stab you in the side i mean why would anyone want to retire here i don't know but this is according to forbes they also give a little trivia wonder bread started here in 1921 okay well that's a reason to retire here cool forbes let's go for a little walking tour (laughs) and then you tell me this is where people want to retire also trending this morning liam and olivia oh yes they are still holding the number one spot for baby names oh how exciting year how exciting so this is a list that the social security office puts out every year and they come up with the top names liam and olivia liam has been number one for six years in a row now yes olivia has been number one for four years in a row wow emma is number two followed by charlotte amelia sophia isabella ava mia evelyn and luna 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 that was a newcomer booted out Harper. Wow. And for boys, it goes Liam, Noah, Oliver, James, Elijah, William, Henry, Lucas, Benjamin, and Theodore. What about Hancock? Is Hancock on there anyway? Hancock is not on the list. But <laughs> Olivia, number one. Well, there you go. Look at you. You're right on trend. Now, I had, uh, I have told people that, uh, you know, originally our baby, I had uh, 
I had somehow conned my wife into the greatest, uh, what I believe to be the greatest name in the history of ever, uh, Reagan Thatcher, mm-hmm. total communism smash. Uh, <laughs> and if that doesn't have future woman president written all over it. And then she told me, she said, well, God uh, said it's going to be Olivia. And I was certainly not going to argue with God because he's in control of everything. But I did. I was able in the negotiations to keep the Thatcher in the middle, so we've got at least a partial communism smash going Olivia on with this baby. Thatcher Kendall. Yes. To be born somewhere around 4th of July. You got a 4% chance of hitting your due date. Really? 4%? Yeah, that's what they said. How's she feeling? She good? Yeah, well, I, you know, I said, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but if you could do July the 4th, <laughs> that would be really good. But yeah. you come out whenever you're ready to come out. You told the baby that. <laughs> yes. Okay, I was going to say, your wife really doesn't determine that. <laughs> the baby does. And finally, trending, let's hear this audio from Vivek Ramaswamy. He would like to raise the voting age. That is why today I'm announcing my support for a new amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That amendment would raise the voting age in this country from 18 to 25, but still tell you that you can vote at 18 if you either do service to this country six months in the military or six months as a first responder. Okay. Oh, or yeah. else, at least. Are, are we done with him now? Yeah, we can be done with that. I don't like this at all. Whatever the yeah. number is, the number is. It's not, Thank if you. you do this, if you do that. So, no, so it's we're, 18. We're, we're done with him, period, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm not done with him, but I don't like this Kev, idea. Kevin, Strike one. Kevin, you save that clip. <laughs> yeah. You save that clip, and anytime she gets all starry-eyed because of the size of his wallet, yeah. then you uh, you just pull that clip out because we need to remind her mm-hmm. what uh, that is. is I that, agree. This is not good. Strike one. Because I just <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just flabbergasted that that That's actually why I was a to, thing. I wanted to play that for you. I knew Thank that would you. get your goat. You know you know who also is flabbergasting Kurt in Darling? a good way. Kurt Darling. Kurt Darling, yes. Alright, he's got the news up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Motoring, 9.33 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Besides Mother's Day over the weekend, lots of college graduations happen, and President Biden was at one, and he spoke at Howard University, their graduation, and while he was there, he declared that white supremacy was the most dangerous threat to America. So divisive. Well. Playing to the audience? It is. All of the above. Yes. (laughs) Are there white supremacists in a country of 330 million people? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like, are there, you know, the name is not. Are there? Are there people like the Black Panthers? Absolutely. But the idea that you would say white supremacy is the greatest threat to American civilization is wholly ridiculous and completely laughable. And this is what we have now. We run into so consistently in our government is that you have elected people who are pushing agendas and narratives rather than actually solving problems. 
there's a lot of things we have to worry about in our country. But to declare white supremacy, I mean, he's pandering. Yeah. He, he's, pan- he's pandering. And that's, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, that should be an incredible alarm for you. Because he's not, that means he, well, he's not focused on anything because he doesn't know where he's at half the time. But his people are not focused on actual problems. They are in- attempting to find things that will fit the narrative in order to help them secure their voter base in future elections. And that's not making anybody safer. Well, the speech would have been completely different had it been a different university. Well, you're absolutely right. You know. But he, but he is, so here is, so here is uh, Biden. Um, and he points out that he is, uh, he makes very clear, well, he's at a, a historic, what are the HCBU historically, uh, anyway, go ahead and then we'll, I'll finish it. To stand up against the poison white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's at a historical black college and university and he whips that out and it's again i mean and this is true at all levels of government of both parties where you have these just essentially pander machines that are appealing to core bases of the party rather than when you're talking about terrorism like that's not something that should be politicized let's find out who the people are whether they're white black asian hispanic whatever group they're aligned with are there probably uh, white supremacists who should absolutely be on a watch list and and dealt with and held to account sure but there's people from all persuasions and walks of life that are intent on harming others i mean look at look at unless my memory is escaping me here the most recent of these shootings the mass shootings the killings is not white supremacy i mean the the person in tennessee was a was a trans person yeah i mean this is just utterly ridiculous and it is totally demeaning to americans as a collective when you say that and everybody knows you're saying that's just a pander for votes well and it's been confirmed that an afghan national that was on the u.s terror list was apprehended while illegally crossing the border but he's going to say that white supremacy is the biggest threat. Yeah, I just, it, it just, it's it, our politicians, and this is where the politicians are doing this. This has nothing to do with us as a collective other than the fact that we elect these people. They are making it impossible. They're going out of their way to make it impossible to actually solve problems. Remember, and, and, and look, again, it's a bipartisan thing. Remember during Bush's presidency in the year after 9-11, where every week, Hey, now the code is 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 orange. Oh my gosh, the code is orange. <laughs> what does that mean? Hey, the code is orange. You all better be on alert. 
alert for what? Hey, the code is orange. Mm-hmm. Now it's red. Oh, it's back to yellow. And, and they would ping pong around at any time that he needed to be on television or any time that they needed to make you feel insecure or any time, you know, in the lead up to what would be the 2020, the 2002 midterms, which they used, the Republicans used this same tactic successfully against Islamic terrorism to get majorities in the in the Congress. This is what they do. They divide people. They needlessly divide people. They single out. There's people from all walks of life and all sorts of groups who are intent on doing harm to other people. We should remain vigilant of those people. If you see something, say something. But, I mean, this is needlessly dividing people based on race because, yes, in a country of 330 million people, there are going to be white people who don't like black people, and there's going to be black people who don't like white people. They're just going to exist. Right. But is that the biggest threat to our country? Of course not. And as you mentioned, it's just so divisive and also to just push more CRT narratives. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Now, uh, Mayorkas went on MSNBC, Alejandro Mayorkas, the uh, Homeland Security director. Now, of course, he's not doing anything at the border and people are flooding over and et cetera. But he wanted to make sure MSNBC knew he agrees with Biden. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy the the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, It tragically is. You know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate. Uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances, and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy. Uh, You know what? When it comes to Mayorkas, I want to hear him talking about the border. Even though he's going to gaslight you and tell you that it's all good and secure... He should be focused on that, I feel like, almost 100% at this point well, isn't with what's it, going on. Well, isn't it interesting, too, that you could make a compelling case the greatest uh, threat from terrorism, and they don't label them this because it would look bad on them rather than actually help – it would actually help them solve the problem. These cartels, right. they are terrorists. Yes. And that is – I guarantee you that the cartels right now are a far greater threat to public safety in this country – than white supremacy. You've got 5 million illegals crossing the border, record human and child trafficking, the deadliest drug crisis with fentanyl flowing into the border, and he's, I, I'm going to agree with Joe Biden on this. Okay. You know, I mean, no wonder people are calling for him to be impeached. Uh, real quick, before we take a break. So Byron Donalds, he's a congressman from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, he apparently doesn't know that the Republicans are a bunch of racists and is and this and that because he is black and one of the real rising stars inside of the Republican Party. He's awesome. He's one of the people who stood firm for a period of time to get concessions uh, in the Speaker of the House vote. We all may remember our friend Jim Banks. He rolled over and played dead from the word go and told us how great Kevin McCarthy was. No concessions, no protections, nothing. But people like Byron Donalds, Matt Gates, they held out and got a lot of concessions. He speaks out. He, he did. And, and Donalds knows that, uh, I think, in his heart, that McCarthy and... and uh, is setting up a crap deal. Now they're going to still try to put some sort of spin on it. But he was on, uh, I believe it was Fox News the other day and took Biden to task over the debt ceiling. 
Listen, I'm very concerned about China and what Russia are doing, but the solution is not just massive uh, borrowing and massive spending. That's no solution. That's putting your head in the sand, and that's actually going to lead us to a much greater crisis down the road. Listen, I know we just talked about the border, but new problem, same issues. And the same issue is Joe Biden doesn't lead. Joe Biden <laughs> doesn't have a plan. Joe Biden doesn't have a strategy. And what Joe Biden brings America to every single time is a crisis point. A hundred days ago, House Republicans started crafting, crafting together a solution to bring our spending down to pre-COVID spending levels and also preparing to raise the nation's debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion. We passed that plan a couple weeks ago. Do you know what Joe Biden and the Democrats were doing? Nothing. They did nothing except run to the cameras and say we should just pass a clean debt ceiling. Any family and any business in our country understands you cannot just continue to spend massive amounts of money and then borrow massive amounts of money and there will be no consequences. Every American family has already seen the first consequence from Joe Biden, and that is a massive inflation that has been the most insidious tax the American people have seen, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're black or white, whether you're Republican or Democrat, it has come for everybody. Biden takes it to a crisis point every single time. So they were supposed to meet on Friday and talk about the debt ceiling. There was a funeral. So they had to postpone it. So they're going to get together sometime tomorrow. And as we played for you last week, Joe Biden's not even been in on any of these meetings. He's just sending his staff in. He's going to show up, probably lay down on a couch, take a nap and say, wake me when it's over. Yeah. And look, there's some things he said in there that are, you know, ridiculous. Byron Donald's a lot of what he said is very good. But, you know, like when he talks about, well, we passed this bill, the spending pre-COVID spending levels. That's not why you're negotiating on this debt ceiling. You guys are negotiating something very different different because that's what's actually going to pass so all this other spending stuff abolish the irs none of that's in in you know the border stuff none of that's in this bill because they don't actually actually want that now if you just took him out on the merit on his word then okay he's got some pretty good words there but let's face it i mean we're talking about again the republican debt ceiling plan leaves us with 47 trillion of debt by the year 2033 the democrat debt ceiling plan operation as is continue forward no changes is 52 trillion neither one of these groups are solving the issue so while it's fun theater to listen to these people bark back and forth on, and blame each other for different things sure right yeah. we got we got to play something for three hours every day mm -hmm. the reality is that neither one of these parties are serious about doing the thing that he identified which needs to be done i mean he was right byron donalds is right you have to get the spending under control the spending is the inflation. But if you're just going to blame, you can't just blame Biden for the inflation because you guys, now I don't think Byron Donalds was there then, but in 2020, you Republicans printed $5 trillion. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like you people are serious about spending or, you know, runaway government or anything else. But like I said, we got three hours to fill each day. So we got to play something. Okay. So Trump says, uh, just go ahead and default now because it's going to happen eventually. You know, like, what's what's better? Do it now? Do it later? Well, but I don't think you have... Biden has made very clear he won't default. This is, this is where it comes back to. They don't... They don't... Trump's proposal is offering from the standpoint that the Republicans want to solve the problem. They don't want to solve the problem. They need someone to fight with, so they have to fake and act like they're solving the problem or wanting to solve the problem. But the reality is they're as invested in the legalized vote buying as the Democrats are. 
There's no difference. I mean, we're talking again, 47 trillion and 52 trillion. To quote Hillary Clinton, what difference does it make? <laughs> they're not actually about solving the problem. They're doing what Republicans do, which is when they're in opposition, they want you to believe that they care so that then they can get back in and be the party of power and just keep doing all the and stuff. Then, and then become like Todd Young and just keep spending Absolutely. more and more. It is 946. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 949. So how are you listening to us right now? On the FM dial. Yes. Or possibly on YouTube. Yes. There was a time, I believe, this radio station was on the AM It dial. was, yes. For people that are, uh, you know, Hoosier Towny lifers, such mm-hmm. as myself, we grew up listening to WIBC on 1070. Yes. But that could be going away. If you're driving in your car, a lot of car makers are deciding to remove AM radio from many cars. Yeah, this is really interesting. So uh, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal that originally had, or I'm sorry, it's the Washington Post that originally had this story saying that BMW, Volkswagen, Mazda, Tesla are among the auto manufacturers who in new lines that are rolling out are discontinuing the ability for you to pick up AM radio stations. And there's still 82 million people who say that they listen to AM stations each month. So that's a lot. Now, here, so this is what I'm torn on this because you may know, Casey, I once owned an AM radio station. Was it AM that you owned? It, well, it was. And then because, well, I'm very brilliant and uh, uh, know a thing or two about radio, we got an FM translator. So mm-hmm. we had an AM and FM translator with it. And uh, if you would look, if you'd like to lose a large amount of money in a short period of time, I'll give you two <laughs> options, Casey. Go to Vegas and put something on red mm-hmm. or buy a radio station. <laughs> but the, uh, the reality is that just like this radio station in the mid-2000s recognized, hey, look, people are rapidly leaving the AM dial and they flipped from AM to FM, from 1070 to 93.1. And ultimately, the people who owned this company at the time, you may recall, Casey, just simply shut down 1070 because the land the 1070 tower was on was in their uh, in it their was worth more money than the radio station. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and so the argument here is, and people are saying, and the broadcasters are saying, and rightfully so, because they represent the broadcasters associations, these AM station owners who have invested in many cases lots of money. Hey, you're really hurting our ability to sell advertising if, you know, 25% of the cars don't have access to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to listen anymore. So it really is a conundrum because on one hand, I understand, and I, look, I saw this in, in the station that, that we own, and one of the reasons we had to put resources into making it FM was because it was just getting to a point of near impossibility to try to sell AM radio. And FM, it was a much easier sell. It was well worth the amount of money we invested to, to be able to do that. But so I get it from that perspective. However, 
there are still AM stations like WLW in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. which is one of the most famous radio stations in the country. The big one. Still number one in its its market. Look, I mean, I think if WIBC were still on 1070, I think our programming is strong enough that we would still be number one or number two as we are on the FM. I mean, the, the 93.1 signal, as great as it is, does not go nearly as far. When I, was, when, I, when I owned my radio station, I could listen to 1070 when it was still, uh, I think it had, it had just flipped over to being sports, but you could listen to it from Indianapolis all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a back room at our radio station, and you have a little shower radio up, and you could get 1070. You could dial it in. But radio station owners, operators have made a a calculated choice and they did this here in the mid-2000s to say, well, yes, the station, while still powerful, won't be nearly as strong, but it's worth it because so many more people listen to the FM dial. On the FM dial, yeah. You don't go back and forth. So there's still about 4,185 AM stations across the country right now. But these car makers are saying, hey, technology's moved on. And so are people. And the AM radio listening audience is aging. And they will eventually age out. Well, it isn't that. That's where the argument is, right? Because if you're basically indicting an entire portion of the industry, and they're openly saying it, saying, look, if you're an AM listener, now, people like me are kind of an exception to the rule because I listen, I do enjoy talk radio if I go somewhere, or, or sports sports radio still predominantly two things. But you can't, and you know this, you, you've been a program director, you can't do a music station on AM radio anymore. No. Um, if you do, it's typically um, something like uh, religion or Spanish or something that easy has, listening music yeah, of your it, life. It has a smaller audience for that market, which is catered all to, yeah. usually to older listeners, which is the case that they're making. And a lot of AM stations now are being given to universities yeah. for whatever they want to use it for as a tax write-off. Yeah, the owner, the original owner, just give it, gift it away because they can't. They can't make enough money on advertising. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Keep it running. Before we go to a break, James Comer, he's the the, head of the Oversight Committee. Mm -hmm. He was on Fox News yesterday. And what a surprise, Casey. They're now having trouble finding these people who are informants on Joe Biden. Yeah, this is just absolutely crazy. What, they say nine out of ten of them are just MIA? Yeah, take a listen to this about how much trouble they're having getting people to testify against the Bidens. Are there whistleblowers or informants missing right now? Well, with, with, with what we've investigated and the people that we've tracked down, uh, going back to the CEFC, uh, the two main players in that business, as well as all the Americans that were involved in the uh, different Biden uh, influence peddling schemes, as well as the Serbian national, uh, the nine of the 10 people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're, they're one of three things. Maria, they're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. So it's of the utmost importance that the FBI work with us to be able to try to identify uh, what research they've done, what investigations they've done, because we have people that want to come forward. But honestly, Maria, they fear for their lives. Mm -hmm. Not only are the Biden lawyers and the Biden White House intimidating them, the media is trying to intimidate and discredit them. So if you're one of these people, uh, you know, you're getting scared, right? You just go on the run, disappear. You would think that they would have somebody 
looking after them. Now, in fairness, the Bidens do have a far lower body count than the Clintons do, so you probably got a much greater chance of survival if you're testifying against a Biden than if it were one of the Clintons. Yeah, but, I mean, how much longer is this going to go on? Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Trump had a very special Mother's Day message, and it was, well, it was everything you'd expect. Heartwarming. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.